Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy and live to all of you here right now, this is Force Center, a late-breaking news show about Star Wars, pop culture, and life itself. But also, uh, you know, we're here to talk about news that broke today. I'm Ken Napsack, and I'm excited. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm also excited. This is a ginger beer, though, not whiskey. 
<laughs> I'm Jennifer Landa, and I have my green smoothie. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, man, I'm bored. I have a cup of, of water and, and branded mugs. Mm. <laughs> Jennifer you know, is the most on brand drinking something that looks like Grogu would be fed by <laughs> his armor daddy. Yeah, it does. Uh, I do have some Grogu stuff here. I do have some Grogu merch. And breaking news, uh, Nathan Hamill, if you're watching. Oh, you uh, got it. We, we, we took it from Comic-Con. I'll say I'll mail it back to you. Uh, all right. Uh, here's the deal. We've got breaking news. We got two stories to discuss, but really we're going to focus on a big headlining uh, story, which means we're going to have fun talking about it, diving in like we do here in the four center way. Uh, but also if you have questions, super chats with questions, all those kind of things, we will take them after we're kind of done discussing it because we don't want to spend all the time looking at your wonderful comments and questions. Now we want to dive in as we do on the four center way. So that's the housekeeping. Joseph, what do we got today? Yeah, sudden big news. Late breaking, early breaking, I don't know. Uh, fans of Four Center have long known of our curse that as soon as we record a new episode, particularly a news episode or maybe like today's episode where we talk a lot about the future of the movies, uh, that news will then break. That absolutely uh, makes our new episode old news. The curse struck really great today. I was literally typing the promo for our episode. When this wonderful news broke, Lucasfilm officially announced a new film uh, the press release is real short, so uh, instead of trying to summarize it, I'm just going to read it for accuracy. Here's what Lucasfilm actually said. Not your cousin or a weird website. What Lucasfilm <laughs> actually said. <laughs> the Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters. Directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, and Dave Filoni, The Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production in 2024. I have loved telling stories set in the rich world that George Lucas created, said Favreau. This prospect of bringing the Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting. John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered into Star Wars two new and beloved characters, and this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen, added Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. The Mandalorian and Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing future uh, feature development slate, including films helmed by Shermin Obed Chinoy, James Mangold, and Dave Filoni, who is also currently developing Ahsoka Season 2 among those in the works. This is the way. Uh, so one of the great things about this press release is just this little, oh, by the way, yeah, we, we, we greenlit Ahsoka Season 2. By the way, no, no big deal. <laughs> by the way. Uh, <laughs> so this is, uh, in this is, in fact, the first news that, that I saw of, like, Ahsoka Season 2 confirmed in something else. Uh, so we are going to do our big uh, normal Tuesday deep dive episode about Ahsoka season two. There's so much to talk about of what will happen with that show, when it'll come out, hope streams, all that. So for this live stream, we're going to really just focus on the Mando and Grogu movie film. Um, we've been uh, discussing a lot on Force Center over the past uh, several months. The idea uh, that I first encountered reading a Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, biography, autobiography, that it's called show business because there's the show and the business. Uh, we are going to talk about the show. We're going to talk about the art, the film, the story, the emotions. But we get distracted by the business. So we're going to talk about the business first, about uh, this being the next film, uh, how that is going to you know, affect box office and discourse and all that. So, Ken, business first. Do you think this is a good move to have this Mando and Grogu movie be the next big Star Wars film, the return to cinemas. Because we're live, I feel like this is uh, extra like sports docky. I'm buying this news story. I'm buying it high. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will say this right now. When the news broke for me, it was Alex Star Wars Explains Twitter 
feed it. I was having a, a bowl of Apple Jacks getting ready for my, my live show on my YouTube channel. And I saw him and I was like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, I'm excited about the news story. I think that announcement was great. We can talk about that. Uh, I think the, the move, I'm going to say good plus. I have some questions. There, there was a rumor going around, and, and this is why we don't report on rumors too much here around Force Center. Uh, I think scoop business has changed. It's a little bit more harmful than it was in 2014, 2015. But you could you, you know, make your money, get your clicks, whatever. But I want to wait for an official so I actually know what I'm speculating on uh, and actually know what, what, what they want out there. And I, I, I think it's a good move plus. That's where I'll start, That's where I'll start Joseph. I'm buying good move plus. So your plus is like an asterisk, like you have questions? I'm or you. S- yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. This is it's again the the having Star Wars news again post this 2023 strike world that we were living in for so long. That is super exciting. Uh, am I excited to see this movie? Will I be there on opening day? Hopefully before. Will I be there the, the entire weekend? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm intrigued. I think this is a this is a good move. Um, I I have quite you know how's it going to look? Uh, how much you know? Mm-hmm. I, I the volume has caused some problems for me and others over the years of of how would it translate to the big screen. I'm not worried that they're asking themselves those questions. I just have those questions right now. But overall, yeah, this makes a lot of sense uh, for the series and the show and these characters. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, how about you? Do you feel good about the business side of this is going to be good for for the health and the vibrance of Star Wars, that this is the next film in theaters? Are you concerned? Uh, Jennifer, you're muted, I believe. (laughs) I'm muted. I'm muted. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say, I think it's really, really smart <laughs> because if mm-hmm. I was a Lucasfilm executive, this is the move that I would make. And the reason why is because Star Wars, as many of us know, has been back in the news for a surprising reason. Um, there were some comments taken out of context with director uh, Charmaine Obey-Shinoy. Um, and a lot of people were very angry within the fandom. And it was, it actually, my dad was, was like, what's going on with that star Wars movie? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like we've, mm. we've known about this movie. He was like, it was the first time he was hearing about it and it was mm. the drama around it. And I found that to be a bit troubling. Cause I was like, Oh, if the casual person is only knowing about Star Wars in relation to drama, that is not good, especially because there is so much pressure for Star Wars to perform at the box office, Mm -hmm. to be able to have Star Wars is back. This is a positive thing. We want a blockbuster. The numbers are going to absolutely matter. So I don't think I think that they shuffled the deck. Maybe this is a last minute play. Maybe this was always in the works. But if this is the the movie that's going to be in theaters is staking, it's making a claim saying this is, you know, going to appeal to a wide a variety of, of audience members. I can take my daughter, my eight year old <laughs> daughter to this. That's exciting. Um, but I think it's, I think it's really smart. Very, very smart. Yeah. I definitely want to talk more about uh, the fact that the Ray and the new Jedi order movie seemed to be next up on deck Yes. And uh, it, and it is not anymore. So I definitely want to give that topic its full due. Uh, but just to start with, uh, from the business perspective, this this does feel uh, safe, but mm-hmm. in a in a wise way to me. Uh, I think that Mandu Mando and Grogu <laughs> uh, are, uh, despite my saying the name wrong, are incredibly recognizable to a vast audience. That first season in particular really hit. I, I think because you really. There were, there were things there for people who were really in the Star Wars bubble, but you did not need any backstory to just know 
cold, distant, but clearly kind man that adopts the most adorable baby ever put on screen. It was a great story, and it hooked people of all generations, all levels of Star Wars fandom. I think that is still there. I think in the more intense Star Wars bubble, I think there's there's definitely been some disappointment, disagreement with uh, some of Mando season two and, and more of Mando season three and feeling like the story is going off the rails. But the uh, I think the love of those characters is still there. So I just feel like it's a really smart move from the character uh, uh, recognition level to general audiences and for Star Wars fans. I also think that with the up and down that Star Wars has had over the years uh, with uh, with directors, Favreau is about the most, you know, rock solid choice, which is not to denigrate any other directors or future directors. But remember, he's not just a guy making Star Wars. He's, you know, indie filmmaker who exploded on the scene with Swingers and made Disney billions of dollars with the Lion King. And I don't even know what all else, but he, uh, Iron, you know, that whole Iron Man MCU thing. Not only is he a rock solid writer, director, the relationship with him is rock solid. And for the health of a, a new movie, he's a rock solid promoter. Mm-hmm. That, that man loves to chat. <laughs> but put him on any talk show set, put a microphone in front of him, and he's going to talk with honesty and enthusiasm. He's a great carnival barker as well as a trusted artistic and business partner. I also think for the, hey, let's get Star Wars back in the theater. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of pre-production, but there's a lot about these characters, this world that is already designed and defined. And it is Mm -hmm. much more about how can we add new things? How can we make it bigger? But it's not starting from as much of, of, you know, the ground zero. Right. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, Ken, go ahead. No, I think I think uh, we can't run away from what's going to be. We live in a conspiracy society. I just spent the entire morning uh, debating the fact that there was no aliens at a Miami mall and that a large police presence for kids launching fireworks is actually pretty normal. I can assure you, but everyone's going to uh, everyone's going to run with it. So we have to run at the headline uh, that Jen, you kind of touched upon is like a lot of people already think this is a distractionary move, uh, the, the, the stuff around it. But to your point, I think that's a reality. You know, the, the, the news, uh, the, the, the algorithm takes us where uh, it wants us to, it, it to go in, in terms of discussions and discourse and, and the out of context comments, the, misogyny and sexism thrown back at uh, the next movie uh, only ramped up tenfold this past week and and that does become the conversation. I don't believe this was a uh, a let's press launch on this. I think this was a long talked about uh, discussion. We had heard again rumors that hey maybe the next season and 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 want to shout out James Farley in our chat saying from Deadline a present a fourth season of this of his hit series is also in development. So we're not necessarily saying that. Uh, um, I'll get our dumb names off the screen because people know who we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, your names are great. My name's dumb. Um, but um, I think it does go into your smart move uh, comment, Joseph. I think this is a smart move. These are characters. Nothing uh, and, uh, about Ray uh, is, is – uh, this isn't distractionary. Uh, we, but the conversation is going to happen anyways. Mando and Grogu took the world by storm in 2019. So mm-hmm. – and, and the big thing, and this is probably where you might be going next – 
because of the strike, because we were discussing even last week. Well, when if this Ray movie's next, 2025 doesn't seem like that's going to happen. That got pushed back. We got Avatar during that December run. This was already stuff that was in pre-production, I believe. This was already stuff that they were like, well, we got this. This is why I'm actually kind of surprised that season four might still be a go. I, I would think mm-hmm. it would make some sense to be like, we already got this. Let, let's go now. And oh, by the way, and I'll pitch it back to you, Jeff, is streaming's in a little bit of a transitionary period already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what's fun about this to me is, you know, not not knowing the behind the scenes uh, realities, but I can imagine a world where uh, Favreau has been clear in some interviews about like, I have a lot of ideas about where things go, but then I discover as I go along the way and I want to do a Boba Fett show. And then, and then Dave's like, well, you can't really, but then I find out who Boba Fett is these days. And I go, that's really interesting. Let's make a Boba Fett show. He is somebody who is, is uh, very, um, I think, uh, creatively fluid in a good way. Mm-hmm. So I can see him noodling away going, hey, hey, Kathy, I've been reading the trades. You want a movie? <laughs> I, got, I got a movie idea. You want, would, would, would that be helpful right now? I got, right. I got a movie. Can, do, you, do you want a Cubano and a movie? <laughs> I've been in the, I've just been uh, cooking in the kitchen and, and the omelet got real big. It's like, it's movie size now. I got a movie size Cubano cooking. Oh. Kathy, you want that? Um, oh I can God. really see that is, is the, a good kind of fluidity. People talk so much about, did they plan? And to me, Favreau is an example of somebody who knows the big strokes of who these characters are, where they're headed in the big picture, but is letting the muse guide him as he goes. Um, and I think that's going to be uh, potentially really, really uh, good good for this film. Um, we'll talk more about that fourth season, because I think that, to me, really impacts uh, what the story might be. Uh, if yeah. the film... It, I was wondering if the film is going to be sort of a culmination, but mm-hmm. if it's more like, hey... Here's their big summer adventure. <laughs> now back yeah. to their school year uh, is a whole different vibe. Uh, we, we've been talking around it. Um, so uh, l- let's just go to talking about the Charmino Bay Genoa and we'll come yeah. back to release dates. Um, yeah. I think all of us on Forest Center have been very excited for the Charmino Bay Genoa led film of Ray and the New Jedi Order. Um, I- I'll kick off a part of our conversation about. Um, I am a little bummed that that isn't the next movie. I, I'm excited for Mando and Grogu. I think it's a really smart move. It's it's really exciting. Uh, but the Ray and the New Jedi Order movie is the one that I'm most excited for. I'm excited to see a Jedi in their prime slash middle age. All of our big on-screen adventures of Jedi have been uh, their coming-of-age stories. Luke, Anakin, Ray. And this was, to me, an exciting opportunity to see one of our main Jedi characters handling the middle of life, the prime of life. Uh, on top of that, everything that Charmaine Obed Chinoy has said about it, that it is a film about uh, the Jedi are being re- rebuilt, a force for peace and justice. And there are a lot of people in the galaxy who don't want that. That's exciting to me on lots of levels. A big one being that this could really be a story where the Jedi are the heroes. And yep, they have flaws, but they are the heroes, no doubt about it. So, I was excited about this film for lots of reasons, so I am a little bummed that it is not uh, the first one back. Uh, I feel it's a very delicate conversation um, because I don't... uh, I think it's probably good for this film to not have the pressure of being the first film back, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's a a woman-led film. It's a film with diversity. It's a film that everything that's been said about it is a film about how much uh, protectors... (laughs) of peace and justice are needed. And what are the forces in society who don't want to allow that? It's 
a politically charged sounding film. So there's that part of me that wants to say, don't back down, put that out first, period. But there's that other part of me that says, give that one time to cook, to develop, let it be its own film and let it not have the pressure of being, can Star Wars still work in theaters in the, in the 2020s? Jennifer, what are, what are your thoughts? What's your balance on, on those different extremes? I, I think it's really tiring and exhausting to see this kind of thing that happened with the sequel trilogy about Ray being a Mary Sue, just being dredged up all over again and now seeing political figures getting involved. It's just, it's really, it's, it's really sad right? That, that they would even have to consider potentially holding back on something. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's just a reality is that a, a woman led film is going to have a lot more pressures. Um, it needs to make the money that, you know, like, that's why Barbie was such a, a huge, by the way, I saw that. <laughs> we can talk Ooh. about that another that, episode. That's but, the biggest breaking news of this episode to me. <laughs> We're so, I can't wait. What a yeah, that. yeah. But I mean, the thing about Barbie is, yeah, there was some like <laughs> negative talk around it, but you, you could not deny the juggernaut that that movie was and the four quadrants that uh, Greta Gerwig has talked about and how it appealed to so many different types of of audience members. And I think it, if, if it takes more time for the Ray movie to kind of uh, be per be perfect, unfortunately, then it just will take more time um, because it has to be done right. And it's just, it's just sad and it's frustrating, but it is a reality. And who knows what will happen a few years from now? I mean, things are always changing in the industry, especially. Yeah. Ken, Ken uh, how are you wrestling with the balance of give them time to cook let this movie be the greatest movie it can be versus the the perception that it's being pushed back for a, a safer film yeah i'm I, now that we're live and on camera you can see me nodding like i would be if we were recording the podcast i agree with you both here <laughs> this 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 was probably the big reason man my my good plus uh, I, I, I am a little bummed that Ray, uh, or we keep saying the Ray film, but the, the new Jedi Order film, whatever it's going to be, Shermaine Nobet-Chinoy's movie isn't first out of the gate. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons that was my choice, including just most anticipated in terms of the three movies on the docket. I'm intrigued by the mangled one, curious about Filoni's, but I think I really wanted this one and I still want it. And hey, it's still it's still coming. We just have to wait a little bit longer. We can't ignore the discourse. Uh, we also just have to kind of... I've been watching a lot of football, Joseph Jennifer. We just got to sometimes punt the ball down the field because we can't control what people are going to think. We cannot control. We could fight back. We should mm-hmm. fight back and get misogynistic mm-hmm. messaging, sexist messaging, uh, anti-diversity messaging. We can fight back against it. We can fight back against politicians who need to stage beer drinking to prove how tough they are instead of staying and supporting their state when they need them. We, we can do all that, but it, it is going to be what it's going to be. The, one of the biggest realities is that strike pens down. Pens mm-hmm. down. And this film is in development. There's definitely going to be art. There's definitely going to be post-it notes. There's definitely maybe even the first draft out there. But they had to go pens down. And the industry's been disrupted. And and Favreau, I think, already had enough. I think he's also, you know, it's a little bit different, uh, dare I say, lower stakes. Mandalorian Grogu is a little lower stakes in terms of launching an entire new era of Star Wars. Those are the realities. No one's going to want to accept those realities. We're discussing it online. They're going to go to the big headlines. Um, and taking out of context a, a quote from 2013 about a documentary about honor killings in Pakistan, uh, I want men uncomfortable about that, and I don't mind men uncomfortable in Star Wars, right? So uh, mm-hmm. I'm with you, Joseph. I'm with you, Jennifer. A little bummed. I'd love to come out swinging, but this makes some sense based on the last year that's happened. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's so many different filters to look at it through. And, and uh, going back to the filter of Star Wars, in which Star Wars story is coming next, I think a benefit of uh, the Mandalorian Grogu is there was already so much discussion uh, between fans of Rey and the New Jedi Order. Is that just episode 10? It's a main character and the Jedi mm. coming back. Is it just mm. a, a new trilogy beginning? Should they just call it episode 10? Which for me, I'm sort of like, I, I just want the story to be great. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't have a, a, a dolphin uh, in that fight. I'm trying to honor your football team, Ken. Uh, I don't have Thank a dolphin you. in that fight. Thank you. Thank you. But, but the Mandalorian Grogu coming out first in a new wave of Star Wars films, to me, kind of says Star Wars movies can be anything. Whereas if something mm. that is sort yeah. of episode 10, a main character, huge galactic stakes is the first out of the gate, it maybe reinforces that's, that's how Star Wars films succeed in mm. theaters. But if the Mandalorian Grogu has high, high, high personal stakes... Uh, but not huge galactic stakes and and does well, I think it's a good reinforcement that Star Wars movies can potentially be anything and succeed in the theater. And you know what? I, I, this is what I was thinking about when I was at the Target toy aisle and I always look at the Star Wars area. Same. And Same. I saw a lot of Star Wars toys that were geared towards younger kids, like probably about you know five, six years old. My my eight-year-old, who was really interested in Star Wars, she's past that point because there wasn't the Young Jedi Adventures when she was younger, which mm. really could have been a great introduction for her. I think this is really smart because if you have the Mandalorian and Grogu in theaters, you can take kids and kids are going to be the next generation mm. of fans, which is what they need to have successes, right? It's not just going to be uh, older fans or even, you know, 30 something, 20 something year olds. It's the kids who are going to be dragging their parents to Target to go buy the toys and who are going to be obsessive about everything just like we were. So I think that it's really smart to have the, the cutest little Grogu in the movie theater appealing to both, you know, grandparents and, and younglings alike. I, I think you're in, incredibly correct. But uh, also one of my biggest challenges for this movie is I already have a lot of action figures of Mando <laughs> and Grogu. And, and <laughs> for Star Wars to live up to its reputation, of they, they just write stories to, to sell action figures. They got to put them in like weird khakis and underwater outfits and they got they got to switch them up so we can have some. Some fresh Mando and Grogu action figures. That's like my chicken problem. Chicken McNuggets. So that's, that's Different outfits problem. that they can change. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about release dates. Um, th- there's been constant release date shuffles. I just, I did a quick Google and maybe it's not the best Google. But the latest news I could find is from back in, in June uh, during strike seasons, uh, Disney did this massive release shuffle and had moved a, uh, Star Wars films, along with almost everything else, MCU, Avatar, they, they shuffled everything. Uh, the current dates in June that I found for Star Wars films are May 22nd, 2026, December 18th, 2026, December 17th, 2027. Now, those dates change all the time, and I feel like those announcements of what date we're releasing slates on for years ahead of time are not, they're released to the public, but I don't think they're really about public consumption. I think they're, uh, you know, uh, urination matches between studios about which <laughs> which date are you going to take, who's going to back off, which, you know, the the great Barbenheimer, neither of us are going to back off, and this is what, and it became something special, uh, I think, comes of things like this. 
there, the uh, press release is so clear. Production is beginning in 2024. So, Ken, what is your hope? What is your dream? What does your pundit hat say about my, when this movie might come out? My branded pundit beanie is hoping May 2025. And you're first of all, you're right, Joseph. This changes all the time. I'm even reading today's Hollywood Reporter, Boris Kitt and Aaron Couch, uh, who are deep in the business, still saying that that December 19th, 2025 slot is on the books. And I, 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 I'm not here to doubt them. I just don't know, and I just don't know if that's still the case. Uh, we had a, a, a listener point out the Avatar uh, uh, flagpole sitting right there in that month, too. That Not that you couldn't do both. Um, but for me, that May sweet spot, if it's going into production this year, uh, going back to the volume question, I'm sure some of it, if not a lot of it, was shown in the volume, which speeds things up a, a lot, too. Favreau's got it down. His crew's got it down. His wonderful crew's got it down. That that May 25, a classic uh, May 2025 uh, beginning of summer season release. And as you said, it's the summer of Mando and Grogu, a little summer adventure mm. before they go back to school. That's the tagline. Drew Struzan, make a poster of it. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, are you, are you sold? Do you, do you want the summer of Mando and Grogu next, mm. next calendar year, 2025? That is fast. That is really, really fast. It means that Favreau already has the, the, the script locked and ready. They are assembling their, I mean, they already have so much of the production, like you guys are saying, like they have, they have their sets, they have their, you know, costume designer, all, all that stuff. Right. So it is, it could happen. And we know that he's really great with all the technical stuff, the visual effects, blah, blah, blah. It just feels really fast, in my opinion. I mean, so Avatar is in December, right? December of 2025 is what you're saying? I I think it's I'll look that up over chat. Yeah, I I think it's, who knows? (laughs) Because it makes more sense. December could be more believable. May is uh, really fast, I think. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, you know, it it seems to me the, uh, the idea of, hey, let's get it ready as soon as we can, and then let's just see what feels right for the business. Um, mm-hmm. MCU is doing, unless they change it, a slowdown for 2024. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, uh, do they think a year to build it up? Hey, we got, um, they, we do have Star Wars Celebration in Japan in 2025 oh, uh, yeah. on the books, right? 2025? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was this year, we would have already had to have had tickets. Um, April, I'm considering having my birthday in Tokyo. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a a big launching period. Uh, 2025 would would be great. That is a, that's six years of, of, right, of of Star Wars out of theaters. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, the time is right, but like yeah. production wise, like Andor seemed to take a long time. And you look at those behind the scenes videos with the sets and everything. Granted, they're building it all from scratch. I, I want that scale. I want that scale with with Mandalorian. I, I, yeah. I really agree with that. And I and I think I think that's got to be a part of this, that it isn't just uh, Favreau saying, hey, I can knock this out in, in our super high technology backyard that is the volume. I think it's like, right. let's go to the next level. We know what shots uh, look good on the volume, but let's build a massive set. Let's go shoot this in an actual jungle. You know, mm-hmm. this scene, the, yeah. let's make, let's make a massive set piece. That's like, wow, you can't see that on television. I mean, exactly. th- th- then, that, then that will be that. Can they go back down to it? But it, it feels like that. This is the time to say let's let's really wow people. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't do that I, on television. It was a great Nickelodeon show. Um, yes, I have two, two updates for you. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's so hard to get the right information. December 19th, 2025 is listed as Avatar 3 in some places. Whether or not it's mm. 100% accurate, uh, again, there's aliens in a Miami mall. Believe everything you say in the internet. But that's, that's the spot right now. But at least we know it's that month. Uh, and, and the question about, yeah, it, it's sometimes a, a discussion I don't even like to have because I feel like it down on the wonderful technology that's a volume. It doesn't always look great to me. And I think you're right. I, I think look at uh, like some of Favreau's, uh, Favreau's Lion King uh, remakes and those kind of things that have, they're all tech, they're all done and with magic, but they're, they're, they have that scope. And I, I like my Star Wars to have actual, you know, bolts and bricks and, and real things in it. And, I, and that's why the, the look of Andor and Rogue One is, and Solo, I love uh, the way Solo mm-hmm. is shot. Um, so yeah, if we can find a way to do that, I, I do think go back to your, your thoughts, Jen, too, to follow up on that about the speed of it. it if, if a lot of it is volume based and the volume's only gotten bigger, the, 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 the stagecraft stuff has only gotten bigger and better, right? We, we all do know and agree with that the speed of that and how the pre-production is cre- uh, key, how, how the fight scenes, everything's all coordinated. It's on an iPad before you even get to the set to shoot it. That speeds up the process. And that's why I think uh, 2025 May or December, uh, I haven't seen that movie yet either, uh, is, is still very reasonable for the release. It's also mm. a matter of an incredibly seasoned director with a great tech brain. Uh, it's yeah. not like Favreau's like, yeah. I am an auteur and I know you make the, the little gremlins on the computer and I'll try to help you figure it out. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. this is a man who, as he's writing, going, uh, I know how I'm going to do that. I know, mm-hmm. I, oh, I don't, I, I'm going to try to do it this weird way and I know exactly what to ask the gang. Get, like he's so mm-hmm. savvy. Uh, I think one of the the most interesting things to think about, and people are mentioning in the, in the comments, is uh, is uh, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Somebody's just saying Pedro Pascal confirmed back. I feel like well, this is like old school news. Like we're reporting on, <laughs> like an, uh, an, an, an attack on on <laughs> a president's life or something. Like breaking news: uh, Pedro Pascal is confirmed. It's like. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm online too. This is what I love about being live. I can I can go to I can go to the the, the internet, the magic of the internet, and see what I <laughs> yeah. got. But yes, sorry, uh, I, I, I interrupted yeah. you. I, I no, I I just I somebody saying Pedro Pascal confirmed back. There's a part of me that's really entertained by Pedro who hadn't been asked yet. <laughs> he's just <laughs> he's yeah. sipping his morning coffee while reading the scripts for The Last of Us season two, and just massive, <laughs> pa- massive Pedro, charming Pe- uh, split take. I imagine every morning in Pedro's life right now is is that meme of him and Nick Cage where he's just like, ah, uh, he's just, uh, he's happy to be hitting home runs left and right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So I think our, our you know, extremely uh, accurate conjecture is uh, we don't know when it's going to be released and, uh, and nobody else's. I think it's within possibility for summer 2025, and I think it could change uh, a million times. Mm-hmm. 2025 yeah. would be yeah. great summer or December because I think it would be great to get to get rolling again, yeah. to have these movies announced and, and be able to get to uh, a lot of them. Okay, so we, we've talked the business. Is there any other burning business stuff before we get into the show part of show business? The only thing, and it's a, it's a discussion we'll have on the main show next week, we're going to look ahead to Ahsoka Season 2, Wants, Desires, Dangerous, that dangerous word, Need. But there's some business about the streaming. Streaming isn't, isn't going away. Uh, I keep complaining. I have to watch a, a football playoff game on Peacock only. I have to sign up for a streaming service to watch my team this Saturday. I cannot <laughs> believe that. I'm upset at that. But but it's not going away. But it's changing. Ahsoka Season 2 is going to be streaming. But 
and if Mando 4 still exists, I'm not saying the rug's been pulled out, but I, I just think that it, it is starting to change and we're starting to see those discussions. And I made the joke this week, but but Disney Plus presented by Apple TV courtesy of Amazon's a, a reality unless we do some kind of, uh, 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 you know, uh, breaking of the of the monopolies here. Uh, we need the ghost of Teddy Roosevelt back. I, 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 I'm just, I'm fascinated about that. We don't have all the information, so that's a discussion for another day, but it's, it's part of the story for me too. Yeah, no, I, I think the... What what we've been told of the Filoni film that it is a culmination of the Mandoverse, and then we're looking now wonderfully at a second season of Ahsoka. Skeleton Crew hasn't even come out. There's a movie and another season of Mandalorian. It really does start to make me, I get so distracted by the business of it. Is this movie going to come out when, in, in like... How many canes am I going to personally need by the time I go to see this film? Like, you know, yeah. 20, 30, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, we are going to talk. Uh, we talked the business. We are going to talk the actual show. But first, I did want to pause here and, and a couple of people sent in na- nice super chats commenting on what we've been talking about. So take a quick super chat uh, pause here. We got this wonderful one from uh, Jared. Uh, Jared says, I hope it's shot on film, not digital. Yeah. Also love you guys and gal. That that's a that's a a, a great hope and a big ask uh for the uh for the volume and for yeah. modern filmmaking. I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there are there are you know movie houses that insist on showing things in on film, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, yeah. New Beverly here in LA and many other places around the country. Ken, any any possibility that uh that and, Johnny Fabs walked into Kathy's office and said, I got a movie. And I need 70 millimeter. No, no. Uh, I just uh, shot the, the wonderful short film Nightmare Adorable with you, uh, all mm-hmm. digital, and how uh, you know easy that made the process for even a difficult process of, of making a short film for two days. That was, that was tough. Uh, in 1999, my roommate tried to make a short film, and we had to drive down to the uh, Kodak film gargantuan-sized complex, get an yeah. appointment, wait in line, and go pay a lot of money for reels of film. Yeah. Jared, I'm I, with you, uh, but I think George Lucas will tell you, we don't need that anymore. Uh, uh, we're going digital. We're going digital on Johnny Favs. He'll make you a real sandwich, but he'll make you a digital film. Jared, Jared is fighting the good fight. Long live 35 uh, millimeter. Yes. Uh, I, I, I feel understand. you. I feel I understand. you. I understand. Me too. Me too. Uh, this comes to us from PLD Projects. Thank you so much, hey, PLD. Paul. Uh, Paul says, fascinated to see the timeline of the story, this movie in Ahsoka season two, Amanda season four, and then the Floney movie, which feels like a 50th anniversary by 2027. No. Good insight. Uh, real question. Oh, where's wow. Hondo? Yeah. Hashtag wow. Hondo watch. That <laughs> that is true. In if it doesn't happen by Filoni's movie, I think maybe the the big Avengers portal moment will be Hondo. Look, and he doesn't actually show up to help anybody. He just steals something from the battlefield and leaves. <laughs> I'm con- I'm convinced that in Ahsoka season two, Balin Skull, uh, unfortunately, sadly recast, but a great character recast him or whatever. He turns the corner to that, and, and Hondo's there, like, "What are you doing here? Hey, everyone, want to party?" It maybe sounds like Wadu, but uh, I think that's where Hondo shows up. <laughs> uh, many, many uh, people in the chat have ha- have commented about uh, the uh, ideas of uh, of. Uh, dealing with the Ray and the New Jedi film not being next, we got a couple of super chats acknowledging that, so just want to share those uh, thoughts quickly. Uh, Jared says there will be absurdly unreasonable box office expectations for the first Star Wars film post 2019. Let Mando and his best guard take those slings, set Ray up for success. Understandable perspective, and this comes to us from a uh, genie from Tahini. Uh, it is exhausting. You can't let the man get you down. 
we can be patient for a quality film. The complainers won't like it no matter how good it is. Mm. That I think mm-hmm. is a really great, really important and valid opinion. Uh, thank you everybody for sharing your takes on that, uh, that in perspectives on that difficult topic. Uh, anything else we, we want to talk about for the business or should we dive into the show? No, no, no. John Webster film says, hey, the sequel's shot in film, though, but Johnny Fath didn't shoot him. I don't think he's interested in the film. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't stop looking at the comments because they're too funny. Hondo, I've stolen something on your left. That's what he says. I've <laughs> <laughs> stolen something on your left. All right, uh, we're going to talk about the show, the actual art, the story. Uh, Jennifer, are you excited for the story? How do you think the next steps in, in, in Din and Grogu's journey can escalate? to uh, motion picture scale, whatever that means to you. Yeah, I really like Charlie Ashby's uh, comment. Let me see his show. He says, his bold prediction, we're going to see the Mythosaur for the first time in this movie, and Favreau's going to recreate the holiday special <laughs> shot. <laughs> so uh, look, I love it's, that. It's later in the UK for Charlie. He might be a few in at a pint complaining about football games <laughs> to come up with that. <laughs> I love that idea. I mean, because we saw a glimpse we saw a glimpse of it, you know, uh, and it was terrifying, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it emerge. Mm. Um, and I do think, I'm b- making this bold prediction, I do think we are going to get some holiday special nods. I count on my Favreau because <laughs> he enjoys it as much as I do. And I and I know that he's going he's to slip in one little holiday special nod. Do you do you think do you think that this is where we'll uh, see a new recast uh, Han and and uh, Yonis's Chewy and we'll just reenact uh, the 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 Boba Fett animated short but with Mando? Oh my God! Or Boba yeah. Fett? I would love that. That would I be mean, amazing. He, uh, Mando would have to get his pulse rifle back in order to really complete the look in the homage. You know, you know what it. they could do? They could actually do it like the new Trolls movie where it's like it goes into this weird world and it's all animated just like the holiday special. <laughs> what if the whole movie is just him getting his pulse rifle back? Is it man, The Mandalorian <laughs> and Grogu colon quest for a pulse rifle. I was going to tell you, Joseph, you stumbled onto the real headline here. The pulse <laughs> rifle could be back. Pulse um, rifle's back. Um, I, I think uh, for me, this is a conversation that, that uh, comes up a lot <laughs> in the difference between movies and television. And that world is changing and shifting constantly. But a desire to say, is it big enough to be a movie? Some people came out of Solo thinking it wasn't big enough to be a movie. Uh, my strong bias, my strong opinion is, yeah, for a movie, it does need to seem like an event. But for me, that means the personal stakes have to be extremely high. I have to care a lot about how it turns out for the characters. I do not need the whole galaxy uh, to be in jeopardy. I'm a huge fan of the the Harley uh, Quinn movie uh, with the complex title that it maybe shouldn't have had. Uh, but there's there's great things in there about her motivation being a sandwich. And the actual surface-level motivation is... Uh, it betrays what the character truly needs and wants. And what I really want for this film on that level is what do Mando and Grogu want? What do they need? What can challenge them the most? So my wild uh, hope uh, thought is we've been, we've been dealing with Grogu just a little bit, particularly in season three. We've been moving Din along a lot. Din's been choosing what he wants, and he's he, he kind of had the reins of his destiny at the end of season three, where he's like, I want to raise this kid. 
so I can bring him back and, and he can complete his path as a, as a Mandalorian. I want to work for the New Republic, so I'm doing moral jobs. What we got with Grogu in season three was just starting to open up the door to his trauma. And I think the story that we got was, uh, in, in my mind, is that he's, he's rescued uh, by this Jedi protector, who I think he probably loses. Mm-hmm. And I think both Ahsoka and Luke are on the right path of, you are sweet, you are full of possibility, you, you breathe empathy, you will murder a thousand civilizations if anyone touches your daddy, because that is your trauma. So I don't care what the, what the plot is to tell that story. I would love a story where the stakes are, they can't lose each other. And, and it's more that, previous seasons of Mandalorian was, Din can't fail Grogu. I would love it if the movie was a little bit, Grogu can't lose Din. Grogu mm. faces his past by embracing his future. Mm. I have spent 10 years nodding at you in agreement, Joseph, and I'm glad <laughs> to do it for another 10 more because you're getting me, the nerd chills are real again. I said good plus was my rating for this news. I, I, you might have just bumped it up a little bit, but I have to speculate responsibly and, and curb my expectations because if this was to start with Ahmed Best on the big screen as Keller and mm. Beck, and we go back wow. into that, and, and, and he drops him off with Jar Jar. I, I hope that would happen. Not probably not, <laughs> maybe at this point. But what you're saying, if, if Mando Season 4 is still coming, I'm excited about what we talked about the other day about Mando Season 4 possibly being this serial adventure going through the New Republic at this time, uh, getting the people that Carson wants him to. I, I think that's really exciting. That's really interesting. It could tie into some of the stuff that's already been at play, the Mandalorians, Bo-Katan. But what you're what you're talking about is 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 going back to the start with Grogu, not just answering questions, but delving into, like you said, his trauma, his journey, and what's the stakes. It's titled The Mandalorian and Grogu. I absolutely mm-hmm. like what you're talking about about the stakes. Might be Mandalorian for Grogu, who's this mm-hmm. pretty powerful being uh, who's still coming to do his own. Maybe we'll get his first words, but also we mm-hmm. might get a little bit more of the story. Ooh. And if it's about that. Uh, or around those themes, because we're not worried about plot, more about themes um, mm-hmm. at this point. Ah, that's exciting. I, I have to almost pull back from <laughs> envisioning uh, Ahmed Best on the big screen as Keller and Beck. Yeah. It's just the char- going back to that first season charm of the two of them together in the story is about both of them. I thought Grogu had some great moments in season three, but mm-hmm. I, I thought on a plot and his stuff was all thematically aligned with what was going on, but on a plot level, it was a little bit more Mando and Bo-Katan's journey, and in, in, in Grogu was yeah, yeah. Uh, was you know coming to a slow uh, a slow boil. And now I want this movie to be Grogu's story bubbling over. Jennifer, how do yeah. you feel about about what's at stake emotionally for Mando and Grogu in a big summer adventure? I was all on board with everything both of you were saying. And then I had a flash of uh, all the Mandalorians together with their helmets. And I'm going to go back to my old point. There is something (laughs) about seeing an actor's face. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Because we have a very emotive Grogu. That, That child gives like the most incredible performances. And it's a puppet or CGI, right? The thing about, I need to see Pedro Pascal's face. And this is not just like me, you know, but oh, he's, he's a phenomenal actor who can emote so much as we have seen time and time again, Last of Us, in just a look. I need to see that for me to feel that emotion. 
it's they can do a lot of it with with the body movements with the other wonderful actors the physical actors that are there right but it, i need a little bit more in order for me to really i don't know uh, to really get involved because they have such a wonderful parent child relationship and mm-hmm. i totally agree i think that rogu needs his papa he needs him. And that's going to be, oh my gosh, I thought that uh, Din was going to die at the end of this movie. But now that I know that they're mm-hmm. working on a season four, I don't think that's the case. Anyways, yeah, we think, yeah. please I, have him without the helmet. Please, I, for the love of God. I, I think there will, I I think that is a, as many people have said in the chat, yes, give it, give us Pedro's face. Like, how do you, how do you make this a big film? <laughs> With Pedro Pascal's face. Um, but I, I also like, I, I just feel like for myself, and I know many other people have different things that they mean when they mean big stakes. I just, I want to feel like this is a big, big moment in those characters' lives. And mm-hmm. if Din has to go through hell for Grogu and, you know, encounters something that can destroy Beskar and he gets, he gets stripped <laughs> literally mm. emotionally until he's just the man. I mean, mm. uh, you know, that th- this is an Iron Man story, a man in armor story, but like one of my favorite beats in, in the whole Mandalorian show is when Din takes off the armor to get the information about where, you know, Gideon's ship mm-hmm. is. And that mm-hmm. scene on the train where he's fighting, like he still has armor and forgets. I can't just block with my arm. <laughs> because the armor is so a part of me. Who, who am I when that gets stripped away a little bit is to me a really interesting emotional thing. It's an interesting action beat. And show us Pedro's face, let him get new armor, then I can have a new action figure. <laughs> that was the last in my list. That was bottom level concern, but... Yeah. I love that. I love uh, movie movie worthy armor. Right? We need something new and shiny. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, I'm with you. Look, I you know been a fan of Pedro since uh, of, of his face since it was squished on Game of Thrones, and uh, you know uh, we we do need to see more of them. Uh, yeah, but shout out to Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder. Let's give them some roles yes. in this, mm-hmm. these movies uh, yes. as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I, and, and, you know, I, we don't know those meetings, but I imagine there's some point he's like, hey, you know, John, I, uh, you know, if I'm showing up to set now here, I'm ready to show my face. Uh, there's there's, I think, enough reason. I know he ends with his helmet on. He's he's pretty attached to that helmet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with the, with the new kind of, hey, the armor and Bo-Katan kind of reaching across the aisle and uh, you go your you know, you do your thing. I'll do mine. But we're all Mandalorians. Uh, I think there's something to that. I, I think you, 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 there's justification for for. Din to be like, you know, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to breathe my uh, the air today and put that in the movie. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think a, a, a lot of great uh, thoughts and in, in comments in the in the chat I- as well. Um, w- one other thing I wanted uh, to talk about is not just the so the, there's the emotional scale, there's the visual scale, whatever that means to you. If it's is if it's shot on film or if it's here here's a big set with a centerpiece here we went to, you know, a a a interesting real world physical environment live action, all that stuff. But for me there's also the uh the the scale of kinds of Star Wars scenes that we're used to in big movies, which to me yes. means Mando has it in him to have one of the coolest spaceship battles you've ever seen on mm. big screen. Mando has it in it to have multiple set pieces of Jason Bourne, James Bond, John Wick, whatever your favorite action movie is, Atomic Blonde, whatever your favorite 
oh my God, hand-to-hand combat action movie is, it has it in it to have that level of sort of hand-to-hand combat. Uh, a plot point like classic Lucas could be Din spaceship drag racing. There's a lot of potential for sort of like set piece scale. Ken, do you have any hopes for that part, the the thrilling adventure part of Star Wars storytelling on the big I'm, screen? I'm glad you remind me of this because up until this point, I'm like, nah, just just Keller and Beck and, and, and Grogu sitting around a campfire. Sounds great. Two hours and then Den shows up. Wonderful. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, 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 you know, he is a he is a bounty hunter. Uh, there is some stuff going on in the galaxy. Is this the place you sneak in Thrawn? I don't know. I don't think that's needed, but it's possible. Uh, I, 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 I like what you're talking about in terms of the hand-to-hand combat, especially you got you got an award-winning stunt team. They just won an award this past weekend, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, this is what you want to do and you want to do on this scale. So the what? I don't know. But what you're talking about, um, it, it, it's not only needs to, it's going to happen. It's just a matter. I'm excited to find the why behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- this kind of goes to what we were talking about. James Farley here yeah. says, uh, any speculation as to genre, the roots of Mandalorian are very Western, but the show has branched out across its three seasons. What influences might we expect from a feature film? Uh, Jennifer, yeah. you have any thoughts on that? No, I, I do love the the Western, obviously, uh, theme. I'm thinking just about sets. The UK is the key to all this. If they can go to the UK and shoot on location, there's some... But then if it's Western, it means a lot of deserts. So maybe they're shooting in different areas of the US. Hey, as a classic Doctor Who fan, let's go all, all real-life British quarries, which is a classic <laughs> Doctor Who is like almost every alien planet, in exaggeration. Many alien planets are... It's a quarry. Uh, it's I, very look, effective. Favreau loves shooting in Southern California. He'll he'll go the Star Trek route and many other sci-fi. He'll go to Vasquez Rocks. Yes. He'll just go. Let's just oh, let's please. go to Vasquez. Yes. We awesome. went to Simi Valley to bring back uh, Boba Fett. Let's go up to Palmdale <laughs> and go to Vasquez Rocks. <laughs> up to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do wonder about that too. I think I think there is a possibility of the show going back to a little bit of its its roots uh, in the first season of being so focused on uh, Mando. And mm-hmm. Grogu, I think with that comes a little bit of a, a samurai and Western film mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. The, these kind of lone characters out uh, on the edges, uh, having kind of nothing but each other and their wits and armor yeah. and the force. Uh, but I, I could see some Western influences. But I also wonder if it is a chance to say, many people say this in a negative way that Star Wars is only referencing Star Wars. But to me, there's a kind mm-hmm. of, in the original trilogy and the prequels in particular, varying degree in the sequel trilogies, in my opinion, there is a specific Star Wars formula of let's update the adventure serial where the emotions are high, the stakes are clear, and you don't go too long, though, between a set piece. And the dialogue yep. is expertly minimal to keep you engaged, but it is out of the frying pan into the fire almost as a genre onto itself. I think Indiana Jones and Star Wars kind of perfected that. I think uh, movies like Brendan Fraser's The Mummy tap into that feeling. I kind of feel like maybe the genre will be s- classic summertime action adventure blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Ken, you have genre thoughts? 
No, I, I, not to directly uh, tie it to like an Indiana Jones. He doesn't need necessarily be searching for an artifact, but but that kind of uh, the whip smart adventure. Yeah, and, and, and mm-hmm. sand, rain, snow, all of it. Almost uh, give me like a Bond film uh, of of locations as well. And 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 I'm not saying it's a spy thriller, but uh, that kind of uh, Jason Bourne you mentioned, I think mm. that's great. And and I think that stuff kind of works. I mean, the, the Western thing's going to be there. It's 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 part of Favreau's uh, DNA. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I could we could do an hour of me screaming about people who think Star Wars just references Star Wars. A New Hope just referenced Star Wars. You just hadn't seen it yet. Um, it's the big ideas behind it that are, are are there that are present in all the properties and in, in, in stories. And I think that's the key. But the I, I'm just trying to Favreau is such a slice of life guy. Uh, he loves the Western. I think he thinks that's that, you know, he'd probably say that's the biggest influence. Filoni would probably say eh, more Kurosawa, the samurai films. And and, and <clears throat> they'll find the, the balance here. This one of my random, you know, the big the big action set piece is going to be. It's all going to lead to Grogu having his first lightsaber fight. That's what I think. We're going to have an attack Ooh. the clones flashback. We got, flashback. We got lightsaber you know, we're gonna fights. Have that, we got that energy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We, we got votes for Grogu putting on his armor, lightsaber fights, the whole film building up to Grogu just saying his first word and it's Pelimoto. Um, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Peli. Uh, and he got a really deep voice too. Peli. Uh, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. One other thing to talk about in terms of like what the story might be or what the movie might be shaped like that I, I want to get your opinion on. Um, I really want it to feel like its own meal. Um, so whatever the plot is, it's a it's a, uh, a threat or a mission that reveals who these characters are, what they're most afraid of, what they need to accomplish. And the movie onto itself is a complete emotional journey for Din and Grogu. Uh, it sounds like from this deadline report that we're hearing about that there's still going to be a season four. But I still want this to feel like if you chose, you could just see this movie and never watch another thing again. Um, I, I think mm. within that there's room for sort of light table setting. But when we were talking about season four of Mandalorian, I think on our recent episode that we put out today, we were talking a lot about how it could be some table setting for the New Republic era. I feel mm. like this movie, I want I, very light table setting for the future and m- much more its own meal. Jennifer, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I see it almost like a like a standalone film in that sense, appealing to, you know, you don't have to really know anything about Star Wars or even these characters or just come and enjoy this popcorn movie. But there will also be other layers for the hardcore fans, which is what Favreau is so great at. Somebody mentioned Swingers. I was just thinking about Swingers the other day and just I was like, you know, John Favreau is such a great storyteller. And so I think that this movie, I, I'm just so excited for it because it has it's not going to really have that much to do with the New Republic, which makes me wonder then, well, what is what is season four going to be about? And that's kind of an interesting format that I don't know if we've really seen before. A TV show, going to a movie, going back to a TV show. Somebody also in the comments mentioned uh, Firefly. Um, and mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't remember how that sequence went. But that was a movie to, to complete the series, and it series. never came back. Right. Um, X-Files, right. back in the day, had a movie in the middle of seasons. Oh, it did? And how did that work? You know, I don't know off the top of I my head the it. ratings, <laughs> but I think it... Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I, know, I know what my personal experience is. I don't know the actual like business history of it. Did it work or not kind of thing? Narratively, I, did it I, work, the, like story-wise? The, the example you think... For me, but I was falling off. I, mm. it, so I guess it didn't work for me because I stopped watching the television show. So hey, it did come, yeah. 
The there example you you're, you're looking for is Gilligan's Island, Gilligan's Island TV movie, and the <laughs> Return to Gilligan's Island series. Oh, and it worked never out. Never tired. Okay. Give, yeah, we, yeah. We have two comments in a row. Uh, uh, the, the X-Files movie was uh, was. I liked bomb, the first. Yeah, I liked the first. And, and the first X-Files movies was awesome. I don't know if Jared oh. means the X-Files movie was a bomb. Is it it didn't do well? Or no, Jared clarifies. I loved it. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, I saw in here. I actually love because I didn't watch the show, and I like, I, but I, I liked the company and, and Julian Anderson. So I was watch. I, I remember it being good, but that's a great question. What happens next? I, I mean, but I, I think part of that discussion of what comes next, if, if, you know, we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. I'm on deadline. I'm not seeing uh, uh, what was said in the chat, but I, 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 I trust our, our people in the chat seeing something I'm not having access to right now. Mando season four is coming. Based on our discussion on, on this episode that came out this morning about the New Republic and rooting for the New Republic, I think Mando season four can still be all about that. And and I keep going back to what you're talking about, Joseph, about the summer summer adventure before school. But really, this you have a chance to, uh, uh, before you go, worry about, uh, you know, Carson Teva, Zeb, and the New Republic and all that stuff and them doing that. You have a chance to do this. And it, it, it doesn't need to set up the next season. They're at a nice point, whether they got there intentionally or not. Uh, they're at a nice point to do what they need to do in this film. And then you can continue with what was going on and go, go into the larger galaxy and move into Filoni's movie. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how they handle that. As long as there's big, uh, you know, emotional stakes for Din and Grogu and they feel truly impacted by by the events of this adventure, then I'm fine if they settle into uh, Adventure of the Week being Rangers of the New Republic. Obviously, the characters will still grow and change because that's the way Favreau has always written them. But sometimes at a slower boil. And if the movie is this big event that really has an impact on them and then they go back to slow boil adventures of the week, that's that's fine with me. Um, one more thing to talk about and then we can take a look at some questions from the chat. Uh, so feel free uh, if you have questions to put them in the chat. Uh, super chats are appreciated as always. Uh, so one other thing I want to pull out about the press release is that it, it also goes on to say, uh, the the previous slate of films is still moving forward. It, this press release could have been ambiguous. It, it could have just said, this will be the first film in our ongoing feature development slate. But it specifically says, including films uh, helmed by Shermino, Bajinoi, James Mangold, and Dave Filoni, as well as dropping the Ahsoka Season 2 news. Ken, how do you feel uh, uh, about the choice to make it clear we're not bumping the other movies out of existence, they're still in the pipeline. I think it's important. I think it's solid. I think it's what we need. We've had discussions on air, off air. I had a discussion with the Lucasfilm-related person just this past week about, hey, I, I, I get the secrecy. I get the the wall of Disney and Lucasfilm with Star Wars uh, specifically, but maybe pull it down a little bit to get ahead of the stories, confirm stories, uh, and let the narrative be controlled by you as best you can in this digital age. Mm-hmm. It's, it's impossible to control all the narrative. And 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 uh, that's just in terms of, of uh, not c- controlling the discourse, but controlling the announcements, the stories, uh, shutting down a little bit of the scoop industry uh, that, that can undercut these films and, and poison the well of discourse too. Uh, you're not going to change that. You can't change that. But, but this is to me is a little morsel of that, of going, oh, and by the way, you're probably wondering, yeah, these three are gone. I know, I know we've had some issues. I, I know that we, we know there's been some think piece essays on YouTube about we can't keep directors. No, these three are still going as of right now, which is how the industry works. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important to see that. Yeah. I, I, well, well said. Jennifer, any thoughts? Um, I have, I don't, I don't believe anything anymore until, (laughs) until we see them on set and even on set, like things can change and they can say, yeah, surprise, (laughs) Favreau's doing his movie now. Um, so I I just, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait and see because they are constantly moving things. I just want to say 
What what does this mean? Uh, somebody said in the comments. I don't believe Jenna's read all those books. What books? <laughs> what books? Star Wars books. Uh, it's true. It's true. I have not. Cal's, I have not. Cal's, Cal's one of my favorites from Kingsport, Tennessee. He knows. He he knows he's on good behavior. <laughs> uh, uh, late Wars breaking news. Yeah, we're we're all behind yeah. on, the, on the Star Wars books <laughs> here on on Four Center. Uh, you can look mm. forward to our uh, our reviews perhaps in the future that are like five years late. Um, yeah, right. Will McLean uh, says it said at present Mando season four is still happening. So there's our oh. our late breaking news. I, I Jennifer, I mm-hmm. think you really nailed it. To be oh. it, it, let's get really excited for what they announce, and then let's um, see what happens. Yes. Because we have to be ready for it. Are you, oh, are you are you uh, thinking he's uh, uh, Cal's referencing the books behind you? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. said, Jen, the books on your shelf. This is true. It's a mixture of my husband who uh, went to social work school. He uh, is an activist. There's a lot of those books. And then my Star Wars pop-up books. <laughs> I've read those. <laughs> really? That's right. I'm about at. Oh, That's boy. About at. Okay. Well. That, is, uh, that is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, my, my, my thoughts real quick, and then we'll get to those, those questions. Um, I'm, I'm really thrilled that they are trying to have the reins. They made a big uh, show of announcing those directors in those projects at Star Wars Celebration. It wasn't just a press release on a Tuesday. It was at Star Wars Celebration. It was celebrating by bringing the directors on stage, having them build a relationship with the audience, bringing Daisy Ridley on stage. And until one of them eh, maybe doesn't work, which maybe it won't, I like the communication of, we're excited about these. We're working on these. We can't possibly release all four of these movies. (laughs) Uh, in the next two years. So stick with us, see what happens. I think is great, but I think it's great to get ahead of those questions of, yep, all these movies are still planned. They're still in development. Um, Should we jump to questions, Ken? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, let's do it. If you got a question, uh, you've, we've already highlighted some of them, but let's dive in. Uh, if you got anything, yeah, obviously we always say Super Chats are appreciated. helps keep the show going and grow the, the, the brand here. But... Uh, that's not necessary uh, to get into the conversation. We'll take it all. So uh, I'm just pulling through. Uh, what do we have? Uh, oh, shout out to uh, Alex uh, Damon saying congrats on beating the news today. It's just, this is, I do want to highlight that. Uh, it, it, it was, it's a fun tradition that we think that we think Star Wars waits for us to drop our episodes on Tuesdays to release the news. We know that's not true, but it feels like it. But part of this new era, cameras, our faces, uh, me uh, getting caught off guard still in workout gear for the day is, is to jump ahead of it and control our own narrative with the discussion. So it's been a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, it is really fun to just, uh, you, you can't control everything and sometimes you need to be in a position to simply respond. I guess I won't work on that script this afternoon. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. all right. Uh, Jen, you have access to all these, uh, the starred questions. Do you see any that grab you? Yes. Uh, there was one. Oh, this was interesting. Uh, from 8984M. Do you think there will be a crawl or some sort of season one through three recap? Mm. Uh, there has to be. There has to be uh, something <laughs> to get people up to speed. I mean, I'm going to have to tell my daughter and say, okay, here's what you need to know. And I'm sure there'll be lots of those articles and videos. Mm-hmm. Everything you need to know before seeing the new Mandalorian Grogu film, right? I mean, that will just happen regardless. Like yeah. w- w- pe- people who enjoy talking about Star Wars will post things and share things of, and I think for this one, you know, it, it maybe it really is the first three seasons of Mando, which are is really not that much. Um, you could throw Book of Boba Fett in there, maybe. Um, but to, to 8984M's question, I think there is going to be some version of the crawl. I hope for some version of the crawl. I think it isn't, to me, it isn't just about necessity of setting up the plot. To me, it's entirely about mood. 
I don't mm-hmm. need it to be like the traditional crawl. There's a part of me that feels like that specific style that that they uh, did that homage to serials um, that's become so synonymous with the Skywalker saga. I hope they kind of change it up. I That was one of the things that got me extremely excited watching the first episode of Ahsoka is to see that like different that. version of the crawl. The font, you know, was different. The, the look was different. Uh, make it a weird western scrawl make it <laughs> words that explode into flames and are <laughs> burned into the desert I, I i don't care what you do aesthetically have fun with it but the mood i think it it hooks into we are you are jumping into an ongoing story in an impossibly big galaxy and you're being told a tale and here's here's the tensions here's the mood the problem's already kind of begun and we're jumping in the middle. That's one of the flavor things of it. The prob- Whatever the problem is, it's already started and you're jumping into the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the sense that you're being told a story and that the story is so exciting, you're, you're just barely catching up with it even. I think that's the power of the crawls and I would I just want that mood for a film. Ken? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's the basic screenwriting device? Uh, uh, arrive late, leave early for your scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look, I, I love the Ahsoka crawl in, in the series. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, you know, at least having the solo uh, Ron Howard Willow crawl. Uh, I know yes. it, it might be, you know, the, the episodes one through nine have that crawl. Uh, I'm joking a little bit here. I love the, I love this character we've created of Johnny Fabs, the food truck wheeling, uh, you know, good time guy. But I, I can imagine him going, Kathy, Kathy, if if I'm going to make a Star Wars film, I got to have the crawl. Like, I got to have the crawl. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing it now. I'm going to reach out yeah. to John Milius and he and I are going to write this crawl. Like, I, I, I can imagine that argument happening. Uh, but I think there has to be some. It might be the first film in theaters to have a previous on where we're just. It won't. It won't. Yeah. I'm joking. It won't. But like we it. need that in a certain way. But we don't need all of it. But I, I think some sort of crawl is a safe bet. Yeah. I think uh I think crawl for mood. And I think you, I don't think you need to know that much. And I think, you know, Grief Karga is a beautiful, charming, walking exposition machine. He, he's one of those guys who walks into a room and says, You got a new haircut. I like your new shoes. I heard you got a new job. He's a walking exposition machine. So you got him in your back pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Mando, I heard you and uh, Grogu are going to go on some adventures with Carson. But uh, first, before you do that, yeah. Absolutely. I got it. They do it like the Willow book, right? Mm-hmm. In the new series, Willow. It's like a book. And yeah, Grief yeah. Karga narrates it. Oh, telling yeah. this story that'd oh. be so fun wow that yeah. is amazing yeah that like is that. Amazing. and then at the end he closes a book and he's talking to some some you know child uh on uh, navarro or something i, don't know. <laughs> mm. Mm. I love that uh, a grief cargo we've now turned him into the peter falk of the princess bride and i love it <laughs> exactly i just watched As it that's why i was thinking that yeah you wish, oh. kid. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Ken, Not all kisses are bad. Um, yeah, I just uh, <laughs> a highlight. Uh, the, <laughs> have I told the Peter Falk story? I got to tell the story. No. Real quick. Yeah. What? Uh, during my end, the uh, my Groundlings run in about 2002, uh, I, I went back uh, a couple months after to watch the next show. Some of my friends were in it, and they went. I went to the after party, nice Italian restaurant on Melrose near, near the Groundlings theater peter falk rest in peace his wife was in the class and i ended up sitting next to peter falk as he had like like clams and stuff uh uh and and i was in my really depressive straight and he and, and somehow we got chatting and i started i started talking about how i was really depressed and, and feeling suicidal i didn't know what to do and he's and he looks at me and he does this he goes you gotta be all right 
And he goes back to eating. Columbo told me, and I'm still here. Rest in peace, Peter Falk. Anyways, highlight, uh, there you go. Uh, highlight this. Well, uh, now my no. new, uh, sorry, now my no. new life goal is to be depressed in front of uh, Grief Karga and see what he says to me. Carl Weathers would say that. You know, I'll tell Carl you what, Weathers. you're going to be all right. <laughs> He's, you're going to be all right, kid. Yeah. He is Wait, the Peter sorry. Falk of our generation now. Uh, highlighting this one, just a pimp. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, yep, noob. There. Uh, Jen, for you here, Joe Roses. Love all your work. Great Love your cosplays, Jennifer, especially your Frozen and Carbonite cosplay. Uh, what would it take to get another Jennifer Frozen and Carbonite cosplay of the future? Tough mm-hmm. questions. Thank you. I love that. I love, thank you so, so much. I was really happy with my Furby costume that I did recently. Not a cosplay, but I was like, I miss, I miss making costumes and I'm just starting to crochet. I was inspired by um, AJ, who works at Lucasfilm. She Mm -hmm. did this incredible crochet sweater of Jar Jar. What about if I crocheted a Han and Carbonite costume? Because that was a problem with the cardboard thing. It's hard to move around (laughs) and get around places, but if it was soft or felt, there it is. Okay. Mm, mm. So I'll what would it take? Time. What's the like challenge? Years. <laughs> years. <laughs> oh, man. You All know, right. they've made the weird action figures that I love that are uh, Han half on Frozen from Carbonite. That would be a really yeah. fun Halloween costume where your, your arms could kind of flop out and it would oh, be like a little it. creepy, but your mouth, you know, <laughs> doing the little movements that he does. Uh, rom, 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 rom. <laughs> the costumes at my mom's house, and occasionally I'll get startled by by Han's hands coming up like randomly, and then I have Leia in the corner with her blaster, and it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's the Hall of Star Wars. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, here's that. one that came in uh, early on from our friend Anakin. Uh, Anakin says, "Desperate for Ahsoka season two, heart." Also, if Mando ends with Andor also ending, do you think Acolyte will become Disney Plus new premiere series going forward? That's a really interesting question because I think that, you know, the Mandalorian, as they've said uh, on panels at Star Wars Celebration, started as an experiment. Here's a little bit of money to launch this show, to try out this volume technology. Can we do it? Becomes a smash success. And and for a while, now really completing this as film, it's kind of carrying the banner of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that another show like Acolyte will pick up the banner uh, of being the main focus of Star Wars? Do you think anybody can plan that or will it, does it have to happen organically based on audience response, Ken? Uh, organically sounds nice. I also like a little bit of, of uh, hey, let's try to, you know, hedge our bets, make this happen. <laughs> I, I think I have to, Mala's right. I agree with Mala there. Um, I, I'm so excited for Acolyte that I have to like own my bias on it, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I love what Anakin is talking about. And Anakin, by the way, we hope you're doing okay. Uh, you know, I'm excited for Soka Season 2 now more, which is is interesting because obviously Soka Season 1 challenged me more than any other show, but I'm excited for it, excited for that world, excited for Filoni's film. But oh, there's just something about that era that time leading into what we know about the prequel era the end of the high republic give me a couple seasons of that and i i just i think i'm just so hopeful joseph jennifer the footage that we, we saw uh the the, the 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 what i thought at times was so exciting and mind-blowing but also so star wars uh i'm riding high on that series so i'm gonna i'm gonna play some bets on anakin's theory here what do you think jennifer I like that. And I, I, I really like Leslie Headland as a creator, um, loved Russian doll. There were two seasons of that. So I think that she probably has some ideas for a season two, but it is one of those things that I, I think about book of Boba Fett. I don't know if there was a season two planned. I really don't know. I really enjoyed the show. 
it didn't really perform as well, perhaps, as people might have hoped or expected. So I think that they are going to take a wait-and-see approach. And if it's a huge hit, they will absolutely greenlight a season two. And I'm sure Leslie Headland has some scripts already waiting for that to happen. Yeah, whatever happens with sort of, does a show sort of arise to be the real focal point of Star Wars? I I like that idea of, I I want a Star Wars buffet, I want lots of variety, I want lots of options. But there is also something nice when a show is like, this is the main focus. Um, The merchandising has caught up, so they're actually able to, Mm. like Ahsoka, they got toys out pretty close to actually when the show was on. Uh, that feeling, I think, it, it, it creates a celebratory feeling. I think the Acolyte, from what we've seen, looks phenomenal. And, and what I hope more than anything is it has the breathing room for the all the other machinery of Star Wars uh, mm. to catch up with it. So it has a good press buildup. It has a, a big trailer reveal at, at, at a Dolphins football game, I hope, for Ken. <laughs> um, Please. That it, that it has toys out immediately. Mm. Uh, I, I hope for it to be given the elbow room to be a banner experience of Star Wars. Sometimes in life, I just go what Joseph said, and that's exactly yep, what yep. I'm flying. Yep. Copy. All right. Uh, it, <laughs> and any other uh, questions? We should definitely get through some more yeah. of these uh, kind super chats. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, lunch, I could, I, lunch is on the horizon, but we got these questions. We're going to get through them. Our buddy Ken Plume says, hit that like bucket button, folks. I can read. Uh, that, yeah, you know, it helps. We're trying to build this up. Here, also, oh, shout out Lydia. I appreciate hearing you all today. I had some struggles with my fandom recently. Yeah, uh, it is fandoms of all times, uh, of all kinds, uh, at, at all mm-hmm. times can be a bit of a problem here. Uh, question here. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I had it. There you go. Uh, there you go. There, Jared Kozel. I don't need galactic stakes, but I do hope for a story that feels like it could be only told on a big screen, not a condensed season of the show. Uh, said that a little bit uh, ago in our broadcast, but I, th- I think we touched on it. But yeah, and I, I trust him to do that. Um, I think that, you know, initially when I saw the news this morning, you kind of can't help but think that. Are, are, are they just going to slide season four to this. That's why I'm actually kind of excited that, hey, maybe season four still still go. Um, do they have a story? Is it just simply a business move? Is it just simply to hedge their bets because streaming is listing and all that? Could be. There's Could be the realities. I'm sure Uncle Bob had a say in it. I'm, I'm sure they had those conversations. Uh, but uh, I, I trust uh, Favreau on this one, that Favreau uh, 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 has something and that, that makes sense. Uh, and maybe that's just a hope, a blind hope, but I'll run with it. Yeah. What do, what do you, do you have further thoughts on that, Jen? No, I just really wish I had gone to business school because then some of these decisions would make sense and I would have some insight because otherwise I'm just speculating wildly of, you yeah. know, a bunch of executives in a room of what they're thinking. But to me, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, uh, having my, not, not even my foot in the door, having a, a toe and a half in the door of Hollywood, the great secret is nobody knows anything and everybody tries to convince everyone that they do know what's going on. Very and true. Ev- everybody knew that a movie like Star Wars would never work. And here we are all yep. these years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the decisions happen and then everyone goes to parties and backyards uh, and just goes, what a dumb mistake. But they really want yeah. to be on the film. And I, I always knew it would work, uh, they, they yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, the other one. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been, I've had some really fun pitch meetings where people are like, well, this is what the studios are looking for now, so try to do that. Don't do this, this, or this, because nobody wants that. But then at the same time, who knows? Nobody knows what they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
yeah. So the the other thing I'll say about this topic is we did chat about it a lot. I am my mind was going back to how much I adored the first episode of the second season of Mandalorian, chapter nine, the Marshall, uh, written and directed by John Favreau. Mm. That episode alone gives me such excitement for the cinematic nature of this movie, The Mandalorian and Grogu. Uh, Favreau's been making a TV show, but he's got movies in his blood. That one is shot in such an exciting way, and he he even does that uh, great aspect ratio trick that, you know, uh, you don't even necessarily notice with uh, the explosion of the, the crate dragon. I think he's really got a sense of what makes something emotionally and in terms of a, a, a spectacle feel big. And I think I think some of us can list what, what makes it a movie. And I think a lot of us maybe can't. It's just we see something and it feels big to us or it doesn't. And I think Favre's got a really good sense of how to just make something feel big. I, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great episode to go revisit. I, I'm a dummy. I, I didn't know this, the aspect ratio sh- switched until people pointed out because I just was pulled in by it because it started to feel so big. That's a great episode to look at. Um, uh, maybe we can study that for a future episode and see what we can pull out of that for the movie version. <laughs> yes. Uh, not a question, but very important. Hello from hey. our friend Brian Ward. Hello there, Brian Ward. Brian Ward here. Uh, yeah. uh, I want to highlight this real Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> just uh, can't wish to Grogu walk the red carpet because the technology will be good enough in a year where that will happen. Just like yeah. we, get, we get a BB 8 in 2015, Grogu will be there. He'll have a little tux, maybe in, in Grogu colors. I oh hope gosh. that not only does he waddle the red carpet, but then I hope <laughs> they take him to a. Uh, <laughs> A, a franchise restaurant like an Arby's or an In-N-Out. Uh, there's all those photos of uh, Paul Giamatti at In-N-Out. Uh, Patton Oswald, after he won something, I can't I can't remember what award he won, did a yeah. really funny photo shoot at an Arby's, I believe, on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to see Grogu waddle down the red carpet, and then I want paparazzi photos of him putting his little hand out of like, don't take photos of me while I just inhale, you know, some fries at In-N-Out. You know, uh, whether or not he speaks in this movie is a big question, so I don't think he'll, he'll speak on the press run. But could you imagine Grogu doing press days, sitting across from, like, Ash or Maud Garrett, just giving interviews about the movie? Oh, my gosh. I want to see them, uh, Pedro Pascal and, and Grogu, at the Academy Awards 2026 because The Mandalorian Grogu was a big blockbuster success. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're nominated or with the Golden Globes, whatever, right? But except mm. for that, Grogu won't be really be able to talk. So maybe he'll just go, meh, meh, meh. But after the movie, he might be able to. He may. He may. Yeah. Yeah. And then yep. Pedro can translate for him. Oh, yep. he says blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, the <laughs> money's flowing in for your cosplay. Oh, my driver. God. Uh, oh, wow, Jill, thanks, for that. thanks for that. Here's to the Jennifer Frozen and Carbonite Fund. A generous donation uh, from Joe Rowe. Thank you. Or, yes. We'll, we'll donate. I have faith in my crocheting skills because yeah. I'm just starting. <laughs> we'll, we'll donate directly to the yarn. How about that? Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Ken, uh, do, do you want to stay yeah. on, uh, on question I, duty? I do, I do. Just a comment from our buddy Victor, who's great in our Discord. Mando and Grogo hunting Imperials. Uh, love to see it. So question mark, season four. Uh, that seems to work here. I don't know if we need Whoa. the Imperial Remnant in this film, but I'm not opposed to that being an action sequence at the beginning of the film. Something like that on a big screen oh. would be fun. Mm. That would be really cool to start in action and then mm-hmm. have everything you know flow from there. That's so great. Jennifer, yeah. over under, how many Stormtroopers killed in the first 15 minutes of this film? 
50. Okay, 50. that's fair. I just want to see Katie O'Brien back for season four. Oh, Bring her yeah. back, right? She was awesome. Yeah, love that. Awesome. Love that. Um, we've got uh, my, all right, my buddy Cal here. It's uh, breaking out my wallet. It's bigger than cans for Jennifer. I should listen to work and never see her. Could ever, any of you all survive a bounty hunter? Uh, it's an inside joke about my my wallet made it to my live stream this morning. Um, so apologize for that. Um, uh, no, no, I, I get shin splints when I run. So unless I'm in a spaceship, I die, Cal. I die. Mm. I go in mm. cold. Mm. Mm. Uh, I could survive as an emotional bounty hunter where I'm tracking down people's feelings, but probably <laughs> not actually capturing people. <laughs> If it's wrangling younglings or children, uh, I could, I would be a great bounty hunter. (laughs) I love the idea of like a bounty hunter as a babysitter, which I guess is what it's the the Mandalorian started as. But that is really funny. Like, can you, uh, can you pick up my my kid at daycare and somebody like suiting up? Yeah, I can do it. I can get that kid. Here's a question, Joseph. I'll pitch to you first. Uh, it's kind of business and kind of art. Uh, Adelardo Fuente says, I'm really excited about the Ray movie. Crazy speculation. It's not an epic movie, but an intimate story with a mid-budget, not needing a billion dollars. That's intriguing. Joseph, what do you mm. think about that? I, I think that is, uh, I, I would have no objection to that. I think that's uh, what the movie industry needs, as many people do, to, to come back to some mid-budget movies and a, a movie made. Mm-hmm. A big spectacle movie like Star Wars made with a smaller budget that can do fine and not have to blow the doors off the place every uh, single time. Um, I think with a, a movie like Ray's, I think if it was the first out of the gate Ray in the New Jedi Order, I think it would have that weight of we need the big spectacle of Star Wars mm-hmm. back in movie theaters. Yeah. But that would be amazing if they could say this is a film that's got a lot of action. It is Star Wars. But it's it's also a philosophical film. It's also an idea film, and uh, th- we're doing a little lower budget, and that's that's the expectation bar. Can, could you do that? Uh, I would I would see it eight hundred times. Um, mm. That's my thought. What do you think, Ken? Uh, I would love to see it. I'd love to. I think you're kind of pitching a my dinner with Andre uh, in Star Wars, and, and I'm good with that. Uh, my lightsaber fight with Andre. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> yeah, some lightsaber fights in there. Uh, I just think the reality of not just in theaters, but uh, the scope of the story launching this new era, it, it, it'll probably be uh, bigger. And 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 the bloat, the the budgets are bloated. That it is the problem. That's why, and, and because of the box office conversations, we were seeing is this movie didn't do this good at the box. A lot of it has to do with I think bloated budgets. But um, you know, I, I I certainly can't change that here in, in my part of Burbank. That's not I don't have that desk. So, uh, <laughs> but the idea of this. Uh, a mid-budget intimate film. Jen, I, I like that. Uh, what would you do with that? I would love that. But I think uh, reality with Jedi, you're, it, I just see like epic battles. Uh, I see epic locations. I feel like the mm-hmm. general audience might want that. So that's probably where they're headed. Yeah. yeah, but I, I have no problem. I would love. <laughs> give me a low-budget Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where is that? Where is yeah. that? I mean, I, I, I think you could do a, I mean, there's the whole volume thing and there's what looks good on the volume. I think if you designed a film to really look good on the volume, which for me, it is always the weirder spaces, the more space fantasy, the shots that look like they're pulled off of a, a paperback science fiction book from the 70s you find in a garage sale of just yep. what is this weirdness? Those shots always look great to me for the volume. If 
you wanted to do a low budget horror movie with limited location adding to the tension. I think there's lots of ways to do it. I'm open to Ray, but in the new Jedi order being more middle budget, but I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think there might be a lot of pressure like you're talking about Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. A couple more. We'll get through this here. Then we can go eat some lunch. I'm going to microwave some taquitos today. Putting aside unknowns and what ifs, this is for one of my favorite usernames we get every now and then. Brett Bum Bum uh, Bum Standby. And I always had the second bum. Uh, Brett Bum Standby. Uh, putting aside unknowns and what ifs. I love the name, The Mandalorian and Grogu. It sounds like a fun whiz bang blockbuster, just like Brent Bum Bums is standing by. Uh, Joseph, uh, this, this is kind of right up the, the, the pulp alley we like and just discussed. I had forgot about our, our Bum Bums conversation where I believe you were saying Bum Bums without even realizing you were automatically adding a second yeah, Bum. Yeah, it just was, yeah. it just, it's because we got two chihuahuas and I'm always like, get your little Bum Bum moving. And, and that's, where, that's where it comes from. Which is really funny to me now that I know the Columbo story that every time that you make, as we all do, a slightly weird decision, a slightly weird thing happened. I'm going to just uh, picture <laughs> Columbo going, yeah, you're going to be okay. You get you're gonna you're 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 the kind of guy that's gonna see one bomb and say two. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. Oh my gosh, can I? I always I could believe you were from New York. Like you were uh, definitely. It, it's amazing. It, I don't know why an accent comes out every now and then. I've only been there six times. <laughs> I love it. I, love I it. forgot what Brent Bum Bum even uh, said. <laughs> the, the, the title. I think it was the great. Oh, Go the back title. to the, the yeah. news of the day. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian <laughs> and Grogu. I I, yes. I I could see it on yes. the screen. I like that. Yeah, I, I that they didn't announce it as a working title. They put it out as a title. I can see the title changing, but I kind of sure. hope that it mm -hmm. it stays that way because it does uh, sound like a whiz-bang adventure, and it also sounds like the this movie is about these two characters. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very western sounding. The the Mandalorian and Grogu, the good, the yep. bad, and the ugly. Good, the bad, yeah. the ugly. Yeah, totally, totally. The Force sensitive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which means we need to see Grogu with a death stick. And like a Cad Bane hat in the, in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, you got any, any more for us? Yep, yep, yep. Finishing up here. Uh, Cali Kid, thanks for Super Chat. Uh, 1924 will be a major date in Star Wars history. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it will be a day long remembered. It saw us actually be able to discuss the news in almost real time. Uh, we got 8984M, also just a nightmare. And we're adorable and loved it. Mm -hmm. Hope Ken didn't have to eat too many red vines. I didn't eat as many as we thought we were, right, Joseph? You were packed with Twizzlers and Red Vines. I love Red mm -hmm. Vines. I'll down a whole, those tubs, I'll down those mm -hmm. in like three mm -hmm. days and just have heartburn for six days. Uh, but in the making, you know, you, you could spill all the tea you want on the making of your own film, but we, we were able to save some Red Vines. Yeah, I tried to uh, be uh, uh, get as much as we needed of anything I could. I, I had a hard time finding uh, some Twizzlers, so I had a combination of Twizzlers and Red Vines. And Ken, you'll have to remind me, I think there's a point at the day uh, I had become uh, uh, very stressed, but I felt the Twizzlers and Red Vines were wrapped and told the crew that they could have at them. And I think I think the Twizzlers were destroyed and the Red Vines were left over. I think that's the way the, the crew voted by eating. Yeah, yeah, that's like like the dollar vote. That's the taste vote. Um, I, I'm I like them equally. I'm fine equally. I was gay. Yeah. You were like, what do you what do you prefer? I'm like, you put it in my mouth, I'll eat it. I'm good. <laughs> I know that there is extremely strong opinion, so I was trying to be uh, careful. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right, all right. Rolling through these here. Sorry, sorry. Clearing that, clearing that. Uh, Stephanie Daniels says, hello there. I'm excited for this movie. You know what? That's my favorite, that's my favorite comment yeah. day. I'm excited. I'm excited for the news. Uh, shout out to uh, Ken Bloom's his birthday. Shout out to our buddy Hal Lublin. We got you a Mando movie. Hal Lublin <laughs> on his birthday has a Mando movie announcement, the Echo series dropping, which I know he was excited about. And and, and he got a, a, a birthday gift delivered to him by Joseph Scrimshaw. That's a, that's a good birthday for our buddy Hal. Wow. It was, it was, uh, I was on a, uh, I was dispatched by the Jedi Council of Ken Plume to deliver a birthday <laughs> present to our mutual friend, Hal Loveland, who is just a wonderful human being and a great actor and a great podcaster. So it was my yeah. honor. And the co- mm. uh, what are the, the leads of Nightmare Adorable? All right. Uh, final mm-hmm. question I have starred. Jen, this puts yes. you on the spot, but yeah, I'm prepared yeah, to yeah. do it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yep. Justin yep. asks, hi, guys. Is Jennifer's YouTube show still coming out? It is. It is. In fact, I was just looking at my Final Cut Pro and saying, all right, let's do this. I've been a bit of like George Lucas and I've been redoing things and redoing them. And <laughs> I and I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? It's just better for it to be done rather than perfect. So mm-hmm. we're we're getting it done. We're getting it done. And Love it will it. be out uh soon. I have yeah, two well, in two in the can, but yeah. Yeah, we'll lots. we'll uh we'll have a we'll have a, a talk and we're excited. We've been having so much fun on uh, the YouTube side of things. So we'll have a talk about when we're going to release it and announce it and and all that too. Yes. Love that there. We don't want to put you on the spot yet, but I just there's no. a brewing, burbling, bubbling excitement for that series. And mm-hmm. me too. I'm excited. And then yeah, 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 we'll see. There you go. And uh yeah. one other thing we got to share here. Uh, Jeannie from Teeny says it's my birthday too. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Name to day for you, Jeannie from Teeny. Absolutely. Well, uh that's all I got. Joseph, should we uh, shall we uh start warming up taquitos in the microwave and uh bring this episode to a close. I, I got a hummus wrap calling my name right now. I can hear it in the fridge. So, yes, absolutely. Let's wrap this up. Jennifer, have you had lunch? And what are you going to have? And what's I'm the have theme? A, a salad. Uh, this was kind of going to be my lunch, but I need a salad now. You've earned it. You've earned I've it. I've earned it. Yeah. You did salads. You did 90 minutes of basically uh, impromptu along with Joseph's uh, great notes and questions, an impromptu 90-minute episode of Star Wars Talk. Jen, <laughs> you could have a tri-tip steak salad if you wanted All right, that is it. We are out of here. Links to find us are down below. We'll be putting this episode up on the podcast feed for the podcast listeners. Don't you worry, not shutting you out there. Uh, There's some links to highlight down below. Yes, uh, I have uh, co-written seven songs with a band called The Moon Agers. The link's down there. But also, Joseph, today... You launched your newsletter. That was going to be the big thing of the day. This swept (laughs) in, but tell us about your newsletter. Yeah, it started, uh, it's uh, hopefully going to be a weekly newsletter. That's the plan. It's called Finish Your Monsters. The name Finish Your Monsters comes from what I mumbled to myself when I'm working on uh, first drafts uh, or later drafts. Uh, Jennifer talking about uh, the creative process like you just were, convincing myself to just get it done. It's fine if it's got some wobbly parts, some teeth in some weird place. You can fix those flaws later. Or sometimes you fall in love with them because it's human. Uh, so the newsletter is going to be uh, me discussing my own life and creative adventures and encouraging other people to just get something done because that's the the best thing to do creatively, I think, is just get something done. It feels great and you can always fix it and keep working on it later. There you go. There you go. Jennifer, finish that salad and then finish that monster. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. That is it. We'll see you all, friends. This was Force Center. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.